Welcome to the Puberty Prof Podcast, where information and tools are shared to help you have conversations about puberty and other growing up topics. Here is your host, Lori Reichel, the Puberty Prof, a nationally recognized health educator, author of the award-winning book, Common Questions Children Ask About Puberty, and creator of the Talk Puberty app. Welcome to the Puberty Prof Podcast. This episode focuses on the experiences and advice of two former health education students I've had the pleasure to meet from Wisconsin. My name is Lori Reichel. I'm the creator of the Talk Puberty app. So hi, uh, both to Kelly and Mariana. Uh, Thank you for agreeing to be interviewed on the Puberty Prof Podcast. How are you today? Good. Yes, so good. So happy to be here. Thank you for being here. It's nice to hear your voices. I miss you both. We miss uh, you too. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. So, um, so again, I met both Kelly and Rihanna in a health education college class in which if they would, they're going to be asked to tell a little bit about what they're doing now. They're in their mid-20s. So Kelly, do you mind explaining what you do? Yeah, um, so I, my name is Kelly and I am a physician assistant um, and currently I work in urgent care right now. Great, thank you. And Rihanna. Yes, I'm Rihanna. So I am a prevention educator at a sexual assault service provider. So um, sometimes known as like a crisis center, that's where I'm working right now. Great. Well, thank you again for both being here. And I'm getting to the set of questions that I had sent you originally So you can start helping people that are potentially going through or about to go through or people living with people that are going through or about to go through puberty and adolescence. So my first question is, what memories do you have about puberty and growing up? So um, I can go first, right? Unless you want me to. Okay. No, that's good. (laughs) Um, So I I specifically remember... um, kind of when everyone was starting to go through puberty, I remembered it was a really big deal. And it was that all everyone ever talked about or focused on. Um, and for me personally, I remember feeling like I was lagging behind everyone. So I, I felt like it was an extra big deal for me um, because I kept thinking, when is that going to happen to me? It's happening to all of my friends. And um, it just seemed to be the hot topic of conversation. That's funny that you say that because I feel like I was kind of the opposite. Like I feel like when everyone started hitting puberty, like I was more in the the front runners, I guess you could say. Um, Because I think like I feel like everyone marks like when you when you go through puberty, like as when you get your period. At least for girls, I feel like that's where it's at. And I was going into eighth grade, I remember. So I was a little bit like very normal. All, and obviously all the ages are normal when you get your period, like there's no set age. But I feel like it was earlier for the group of friends and the group of girls in my school, at least. Given it was a small mm-hmm. school, there was five girls in my class. <laughs> but I was still towards the, towards the beginning. So that's what I remember too. And I had an older sister, so nothing was crazy brand new for me. But it was, yeah, like Kelly said, just a time where everyone was talking about it and puberty and the, the period talk and like the day at school where you're all separated and you talk about it. Like that's a lot of what sticks out for me. 
so if there's somebody listening that is wondering when am I going to go through puberty or how come my friends are going through it? Like how, what would you recommend they can do to cope? You know, I don't, I don't know how much this helps in the, you know, in the moment for when you're going through that or experiencing that, um, you know, but for me looking back, like I said, I remember thinking that it was a big deal and, um, how come I'm not? Um, but everyone goes through things at different times. Um, and, and there's no normal for puberty, I would say, kind of like, um, Brianna said that there's no normal age. Um, I think I was 16 when I got my period, I was a sophomore in high school and I had a friend who was in fifth grade. Um, just because, um, you feel like you're the odd one out. Um, a lot of times that's not the case. I feel like I've heard stories too about, and maybe this was a commercial I saw, but about girls like lying that they got their period because they wanted to seem older or fit in. Like, don't do that. <laughs> um, it's, I think it's something that you wait and cause you want to feel grown up and that is like a sign of growing up and everything like that. But at the same time, you know, everyone's different and that's, what's kind of awesome about everyone is everyone is unique and everyone is different. So it's important to remember that just because it's not happening right now, um, you will go through puberty. It will happen, but it just might not be, you know, what's what your body is. I mean, look around in the world today. Everyone has such different body types and like that sometimes can play a role too. And, you know, your genetics and things like that. You know, I, I just want to remind those of you that are listening that we are coping through this uh, COVID-19 experience uh, and one of the reasons why I felt more passionate about getting this podcast out is because I'm aware that families and children are potentially not having somebody talk to them at their school or not being, the families aren't being prompted to have talks at home. So I really appreciate that you just brought up, you know, it is something that's important for young people that they're, they are processing. They're trying to figure out who they are. So thanks for saying what you just said, because it's, mm -hmm. you know, there is no normal, like everybody's different, but to hear it from somebody that's you know, within the past 10, 15 years went through it is really helpful. So my next question for you is how did you learn about puberty? Do you remember? I vividly remember. <laughs> so like I mentioned, I have an older sister and I knew that, you know, we would have the puberty talk at school. And so I did go to a religious based school. So it may have been different for me. Um, and I remember though, probably maybe a year before we had that official like puberty talk at school, my sister was having a sleepover with some of her friends. And I remember they like called me into her room and sat me down and they said they had like all of like the menstrual cycle products. They had pads and tampons and they sat me down and talked all about it. And like, we're being super goofy and weird about it. But I was like, you guys, I'm embarrassed. I know because I think I probably had like a booklet or something. I don't even remember, but I vividly remember that <laughs> sleepover that my sister had. And then when we were um, in, I want to say fifth grade. They pulled, they pulled the, the other kids out of the classroom and it was just the girls. And then we watched this video that was, I don't know how old, probably from like the eighties. It was too, it was so old. I hope they have a different video now, but it talked about, you know, being <laughs> the menstrual cycle. And then we learned about like what's happening with the boys too, which I thought was kind of weird, but it's important to know, you know, what your peers are going through too. So 
that was how I learned and how I remember. <laughs> yeah, I am um, similar to Rihanna too. I remember in school having that talk. Um, I think in fourth grade was the first time that we had um, the initial one. And then we also had a, a talk in, in fifth grade. Um, I, unlike Rihanna, am the oldest child. I don't have a sister. And so that was kind of a struggle for me um, because I wasn't, you know, my, my mom was fine answering questions, but she didn't go out of her way to talk to me about these things. And so I always felt weird asking questions, even though now I know that she would have been totally fine answering them. So I mostly got my information from that health, that health talk. Um, and then just from talking to friends and stuff and figuring out, you know, oh, this is what they experienced and, and things like that. Um, I wish I had kind of had an older sister after hearing your story, <laughs> just to kind of have a heads up. But um, yeah. It's pretty wild that we use the word talk. I mean, that's how I was raised, you know, oh, did you have the talk yet? And even at schools, oh, they're having the talk. And it's interesting <laughs> because this is a process that goes over years, growing up, the physical changes, the mental, emotional, social changes that children experience before becoming adults, it goes over years. So wouldn't we be talking for many yeah. times? <laughs> but we do focus, a lot of the schools still focus on that talk. Mm -hmm. So in a comprehensive school health program, which I've taught in, we actually have it in a unit in which that's just, okay, so what are the life skills we have to figure out? And it's coping skills, it's self-management skills. That's really what it's about but we still do have those talks. So, um, well, thank you for that, those answers there. Um, your next question is, what was or is your favorite part of growing up? Because you might still say, I'm still going through this. So, <laughs> favorite part of growing up? You know, I think that um, this kind of goes back to, you know, initially you feel like you're the only one going through puberty, puberty or experiencing the things that you're experiencing, but I think, um, you get more comfortable in your own skin um, and you start to figure out who you are. And I guess this doesn't necessarily always pertain to puberty, but um, you know, I, you get more responsibility, you figure out what you like to do um, and just being confident in your own skin. And I, like, like you said, I, I'm still working on it, but it's a work in progress. So cool. That's such a good answer. <laughs> I would have to, I definitely agree with that. Um, you know, I'm sitting here thinking of like, oh, I had great family vacations and like that kind of stuff. But I think it, in a, in a related way, you know, it's awesome to become more confident. You know, like I think back to when I was 13 or 14 years old and like was relatively confident, but didn't have it, have the confidence that I do now. So I think it's great to find that. And I think our culture around like self-confidence and body image has definitely improved since then. So that's really cool to see. But making memories, I would say too, and thinking back to those memories to relate to my family vacations. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I, I think that you figure out too, like, um, you know, you make friends and you keep lasting relationships. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, a lot of that stems around from good conversations and, um, you know, so... Okay, so how about your least favorite part of growing up? Uh, that's a great question. <laughs> <laughs> I would say as becoming a, an adult, like we mentioned, those responsibilities, 
responsibilities get tricky and difficult when it comes to money and school and things like that, but it's all worth it. Like, I don't want anyone to feel like it's not worth it because it might be tough sometimes, but you know, I think back to um, when we were all in undergrad and like how hard that seemed. And like, I'm in a master's program right now. And I'm like, I thought undergrad was hard. This is really difficult, but it's all stuff that I care about. And it's all stuff that I am loving to learn. So as tricky as it is, I think it's not fun to have to do the hard things, but it's always worth it and it always pays off. Well, would you say too, I mean, like the both of you had said that you become more of who you are, you get more confident in which certainly when you're in elementary school to middle school or junior high and then high school, high school, you're feeling more like you're, you're in your own skin and you can express more of who you are. And then college, if you choose to go, you can express more of who you are and then as adults. But those struggles that we go through, it actually helps you define who you are and figure it out. Would you say mm -hmm. that? Yeah, definitely. I definitely agree with that. Okay. Yeah, for sure. Kelly, how about you? Your least favorite part? Um, you know, I agree with Rihanna because I that was one thing that I had thought of too, that, you know, it, it's kind of a two-edged sword and, you know, having more responsibilities and it's a good thing and a bad thing. But another thing I thought about too, um, just especially specifically to puberty is um, in those conversations is that I really never liked it when, you know, when you're growing up and adults made you feel like you were a child, um, but you wanted some of those responsibilities. Um, and I think that kind of stems back a little bit to, you know, like I wanted my mom to talk to me about puberty and, and those types of topics, but she wasn't. And so I wanted to be like, I'm an adult that can handle these conversations. Um, so I think that, you know, having that response from adults, I wanted to be treated more like an adult um, growing up. It's interesting in the research that we see, especially regarding the topic of about puberty, becoming more aware of sexuality. We see that families, um, parents, guardians do sometimes expect their child to approach them. Yet, if you don't know how to do that, what do you do? Especially if a family member hasn't approached you, nobody's modeled it for you. And there's so many jokes in the media like, oh, we don't talk about this topic. Oh. So how, what do you recommend for a young person that if they do want to talk with a trusted adult, if it is a parent, if it's a, a, a teacher or something with questions or concerns, what advice do you have for them? One thing that we recommend is, sorry, not to interrupt. <laughs> um, one thing that I think is super important and like we recommend with tough topics is writing it down in like a journal. So, you know, maybe, maybe your trusted adult is your mom or, you know, like you said, Lori, I'm so glad you mentioned more than just a parent because not everyone's family structure is the same. And so whether it's an aunt or a family friend or a babysitter or, you know, your friend's mom or dad or whoever it is, like finding that trusted adult. And if you need to write something down and say it like that, 100% can always open up that conversation. And I think that's a great way to start those conversations. Because some children have written letters to like a, a family member or a teacher or something to say, I want to talk. Mm -hmm. Thank you for reminding us about that. Yes. Yeah, Any I think that's, thoughts? I was going to say, I think that's a great idea. I actually remember um, the first time that I, 
I wanted to shave my legs when I was in middle school and I was so afraid to talk to my mom about it. And so I wrote her a note and stuck it in, in her bedroom so she could find it. And, and she saw it and she's like, of course, like, yeah, why not? You know? So I think writing it down is, or writing a letter is awesome. Cause it's, you can think about what you want to say. Um, and just to go off of that too, I think, you know, like you said, not having, um, you know, if you don't have a, a parent that you feel comfortable talking to, um, I, I talk to my aunt all the time about that stuff, um, growing up probably more than my mom, um, just because she made me feel a little bit more comfortable. Um, and then just not being afraid to ask questions. Um, you know, it, it's, it seems really daunting and terrifying at first, but, um, it's important to know and to understand and it's okay. There's no silly question. And this is why, again, I'm so passionate about having tools, like having this podcast for having the, the Talk Puberty app. It's So it's like a cue to action. In the health education field, we have that in a theoretical conversation, a cue to action. What can we do to prompt people to make positive health decisions, uh, to have them do something? So hopefully listening to this and like looking at questions, like if you choose to look at the app, it can help you have a conversation. Um, to remove any awkwardness that maybe you felt or something. Um, these are real conversations. And I've always thought that children have the right to have answers because they're going through stuff. And why not know about it beforehand and realize too, that if a child asks a question, that doesn't mean they're doing something. It means they're curious. Mm -hmm. I mean, yes, I was yeah. the kid that, okay, I'm older than the two of you and I didn't have all this internet stuff, but I look stuff up in the dictionary or in the encyclopedia or whatever I can get my hands on. You know, I would find things and I would be like, he, you know, because I was curious. I wasn't doing anything. I was curious. So do you have any other advice or recommendations for someone that is going through puberty in adolescence? Um, I, you know, I am a big proponent too of, um, not doing your own research, but don't be afraid not to go back to the looking things up, but, um, educating yourself is super empowering. And, um, when it pertains to you, you know, being knowledgeable about something is important. So don't be afraid to, you know, obviously talk to a trusted adult, but don't be afraid to look into things more and, and, um, and ask questions and kind of everything we were talking about. Yeah. I think that, the the sources and the resources that we have now are so much different. You know, when it comes to those questions, like I have the copy of your book app in my office, just in case anyone asks me questions. I'm like, well, Thank let you. me show you this great book. And I talk about it all the time. I'm like, my old professor wrote this book and it's so amazing and you should all buy it because I'm crazy, That's but it's sweet. great. Thank you. It's such a good resource though. I had a coworker ask me like, how do I talk to my kid about periods? And I said, well, I have a book. <laughs> so I think, you know, um, in like, there was some material in like the little tampon and pad packets you'd get, there would be those little paper booklets with some questions, but that's right. not all the questions that people ask for, yeah. um, or even have in their brains. So I think the resources like the talk app, your book, you know, this podcast, even the internet. Now there's so much out there, but it's important to make sure that you're using good sources. Yes. And I hope, you know, not yeah. everything that you see on the internet is true and not mm, everything yeah. that your friends tell you is true. Um, you know, I remember hearing, you know, people talking about stuff in the back of the bus and half that stuff is just out of this world, crazy myths. Mm -hmm. And that's not always true. So 
yes, looking up your own stuff, but also making sure that it's a good source and then confirming with a trusted adult, I think is something really important to do. Yeah. Yeah. In which kidshealth.org, there's a a kids section, teen section, and a parent section. Great resource. Also, I do have on my website, it's pubertyprof.com or laurireichel.com. I do have some things listed, but there's a woman, um, I'm forgetting her last name right now, Kath. She's from Australia. She has an extensive list of books and videos and stuff. So I actually have a link on my website to connect with her. Uh, to her list. So there are a lot of great resources. And if you're a family member looking for something for a child, you can check these out. Again, that one person in Australia even goes over it and explains what they are like through her YouTube channel. So, and you can also find out if things are aligned with your values. Because as I said in uh, my episode for tips for talking, share your values with children. So they know uh, what your values are and why they are the way they are. Um, so one last thing, and this is a little bit of a silly thing. Uh, I've been wondering if I should try to get people to say puberty prof podcast three times fast. You want (laughs) to take a chance? Yeah, I'll do it first. It has to be fast. I'm a fast talker. So puberty prof podcast, puberty prof podcast, puberty prof podcast. Very Dude, that's good. So good. I, I feel like I should have went first so that <laughs> <laughs> so you could end it on a good note. <laughs> All right. Puberty prof podcast. Puberty prof podcast. Puberty prof podcast. Ooh, All right. Well, very good. Well, uh, anything else you want to add to before I sign off? Buy your book. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for having us on. Yes. This is great. And I think that um that's a great resource for, for parents and kids. So thank you. I'm so glad you're doing this and so proud too. It's awesome. Thank you, uh, Kelly and Rihanna. (laughs) And I thank you so much for being willing to be interviewed. Um, I truly look forward to this, by the way, these are the first two former health students that are participating in the interviews. And I love connecting or reconnecting with former students. You both seem to be doing really well. I'm really proud of you. Uh, So thank thank you you again. Mm -hmm. And to the audience out there, thanks so much for listening. You can send questions and comments to pubertyprof.gmail.com or ask them on the podcast section of pubertyprof.com on that website. Thank you and have a happy and healthy day. Thank you for listening to the Puberty Prof Podcast, where information and tools are shared to help you have conversations about puberty and other growing up topics. Did you enjoy this episode? Please like, share, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also follow the Puberty Prof on Twitter or Instagram. The Puberty Prof, Lori Reichel, wants to hear from you. Go to pubertyprof.com or click on the link in this episode's description. There you can find more information, as well as ask questions to be answered by the Puberty Prof in a future episode. That's pubertyprof.com. Also, remember to check out the Talk Puberty app and the book, Common Questions Children Ask About Puberty. Until next time, this is the Puberty Prof Podcast, where information and tools are shared to help you have conversations about puberty and other growing up topics.